and we are live yo, yo yo what's going on everyone welcome to game breakers with your guy edwin and will yo you know what time it is man time to break down the game and get down to the analysis yo my guy what was going on with you hey no nah, nothing much bro nothing much i'm you know i'm not really in a good mood right now though bro i can't lie is it well, tell the people why you're not in a good mood let me hear it i just finished one of the shows that i was watching like you know oh. how it is when you finish like a show you just be like damn you know what I'm saying? It's like, why I have okay. to finish that, man? Like, sometimes, like, I'll be, like, watching the show, and it could be, like, really good, and then I'll prolong finishing it. So, like, I might stop watching it for, like, a month, just so I don't have to finish it. But this show, I, I just finished it, and now I don't know what to do with myself, bro. So, I have uh, to find a new show to watch. This is, like, one of, like, the worst times that you could be in right now is, what should I be watching? What were you watching before? Shark Tank, I think? Nah, I'm not talking about Shark Tank. Like, Shark Tank is like a show that you watch to just have on as, like, background. I'm talking oh, about okay, shows okay. where, like, you got to pay attention for, like, the plot, the characters. Yeah, so I'm talking about Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy. Is that, like, a Vikings show or what? Nah, it's like a show about bikers. Bikers? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. It's like a whole biker club. And, yeah, it's like, it's that show is tough. It's like a action, drama, defense kind of show. Yo, you should you should try it out, like, if you need a show. You know what's funny? No, I thought about the purge at when you when you first said Sons of Anarchy. It's so crazy, like because of the word anarchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I don't, how, like how often do you hear the word anarchy? <laughs> no, that's true, and I don't really know what the word anarchy means. If I'm being honest with you. Well, I'm not gonna say here. Say I do too. <laughs> yeah, like, but when you hear the word anarchy, though, to me, it's kind of associated with stuff that, that's not good. So that's yeah, exactly, why you're exactly. Yeah, contact clues, contact clues, you know. But I mean, we'll rate that show though. One out of ten. Ooh, four point five minimum. Four. I said one out of ten. Oh, I think it's one out of five. My fault. Okay, yeah, then nine point five. Nine point five. I mean, four point five would be nine if you're doubling it. To be honest, but uh, oh, but nine point five. Exactly. Sure. Wow, is that good? Is that good? So check it out. All right, I'll, I'll check it out. I'll check it out. One more question before we begin. What's your favorite? Fried Oreos or uh Zeppi? What's it called again? Oh, funnel cake. Funnel cake, yeah. Oh, fried Oreos are way better than funnel cake, bro. Come on. Why? No, it's not. not <laughs> funnel cake is garbage. No, it's not. I knew he was gonna like, say that. Cake, I knew it. Like funnel cake is okay, but fried Oreos, not only do you get the crispiness, right? You know, the little bit of chocolate is good, and then you get that vanilla cream, you know, in like the middle, like when you oh, and then you add some ice cream in that. Ice cream. Sheesh. I've never had an ice cream before, Bruh, you, You're not living life. I'm not. Apparently not. That's a lot of sugar, though. A lot of sugar. No, well, of course, you know, like that's not something that you should be eating a lot. You know, just kind of in whatever, like in increments. You know, like you might eat it, you know, once every other week. You know, your little cheat day. But that's not something that you should be having every night. You know, you should never once be having either one. Yeah, you know, you go like how often do you go to a carnival? Once a year. Exactly. So like that once a year, you, you can go get that funnel cake. That's but if you were going to a carnival like once a week, you shouldn't be eating funnel cake like once a week. Nah. Well, who goes to carnival once a week? I, people down south probably, like Missouri, <laughs> Kansas. But let's be real. <laughs> Are you serious right now? Yeah, wow. I don't know. You know, people out the Midwest, like Oklahoma. I guess Oklahoma. Yeah, like and what are we gonna do out there? 
It's just I don't know. Even carnivals. I don't know. Actually, I don't know. It's it's kind of boring. Bull riding. I've never made it before. Yeah, you know, like I'm pretty sure that they serve funnel cake at bull riding. You got the bull riding, <laughs> the bull riding, bro. Oh my gosh. Listen, all the people from uh, from Oklahoma, I'm not saying a thing, man. I'm not saying nothing. This guy's crazy right now. Keep it a butt. Who want to live in Oklahoma? <laughs> Shout <don't know. laughs> Like, unless you're a farmer or you go to Oklahoma University, there is no reason to be in Oklahoma, bro. Yeah, I mean, unless you're going for vacation to, like, check out the city, I guess, you know? Yo, some sightseeing. Some sightseeing. Uh, vacation in Oklahoma? Uh, yeah. Maybe How about a vacation in Orange? It's not the same thing. Come on now. Bro, That's I'm not thing. going to Oklahoma, bro. Ain't nothing down there but tumbleweed, one Walmart in 50 miles, and towns like, full of like 100 people, bro. Like, he's everybody want to go to Oklahoma, bro. He's not even lying to be honest. <laughs> Yo, Dallas South is not it for me, man. It's not it for bro, me. Bro, it's not. Know. It's not. It's no, not. like it's not good at all, bro. Like I'm not feeling down south, Midwest, none of that. If it's not New York, Miami, or Los Angeles, it don't oh, matter. Atlanta. With you. Atlanta. Okay, yeah, Atlanta too. But generally, if you don't have like nothing going on now, see Oklahoma, I'll be a little lighter on because they got the Oklahoma City Thunder. But if your state does not have a major franchise team, you're irrelevant. Like yeah. Maine, Montana, like I don't like what Missouri. Like you guys got nothing going on there. I mean, they have college football over there. If you want to see that, well, yeah, that's why college football is so big in those states because they don't got an NBA team, they don't got an NFL team. So really, if you don't have any of those teams, then your, your state is just there. Like North Dakota, South Dakota, like. It's just like, there. Come on. Yeah, it's like, no, like, nobody cares, bro. Like, nobody cares, no. Mm. All right, man. Well, anyway, let's get started, my guy, because it's funny. These guys are talking a lot of smack, a lot of smack this offseason. We got Jamal Chase saying I'm better than Justin Jefferson. We got him saying to Denzel Ward, it's on site when we see you guys. I'm not sure if you saw what Denzel Ward said to him in response on IG about you know, just a uh, 100-yard uh, interception return that he had against the Bengals that, that last game last year when they blew him out. You see that play? No, nah, actually, I wasn't paying attention. Like, what happened? Like, fill me in. Go ahead. Yo, so obviously, Jamal Chase is like, you know what? We, when we see him, it's on site. Greg Newsom be talking a lot of smack. He's not elite. So when we see him this season, he's going to be on site and all that kind of stuff. My guy, Denzel Ward, saw it. And he's like, it's on site. He's laughing emojis on site, whatever the case may be. Right after the story, he posts a clip of the same game where the Bengals were getting blown out by, or they were getting blown out by the Browns in that game. And the first uh, play in the red zone, he picks off Joe Burrow, takes it to the house <laughs> on a 101-yard uh, interception return for a touchdown. It was insane, bro. While covering, I think, while covering Jamar Chase in that play, too. So it was insane. It was funny. But another guy, T. Higgins, once again, being confident. The Bengals are really confident, and they should be because they just are fresh off of a Super Bowl run, saying that they're going to win the, the division uh, next season. So I want to ask you, do the Bengals have a chance to win the division next year, or is it like theirs to to lose this year? What, what's going on with you? Uh, well, one, can you hear me good or not? Of course. 
All right, just making sure because, look, man, doing this kind of online sometimes, you know, it's like the connections. So sometimes it might be bugging for me or you. And I just want to make sure before I start going on and it just cuts me out. You know what I'm saying? But, yes, the Bengals, of course, you have to say that they have a chance of winning the division. I mean, these guys just made it to the Super Bowl. Whether it's luck or not, it happens. You know, Joe Burrow's there. He's going to be a top quarterback. And then you have Jamar Chase. And then on top of that, you also have um, the other receivers like T. Higgins and stuff that are there as well, Joe Mixon. Now, you know, that offensive line does need some work. You know, they do need to be better. And their defense is about middle of the pack. But, you know, the defense could get better as well. Now, you know, maybe you do that by getting rid of Eli Apple. But I would say that the Bengals can win their division. Yes, I think it'd be foolish to say that they can't, but they won't. The Bengals will not win their division. I think that it's still either the Ravens or Browns to lose, depending, again, on the Deshaun Watson situation. But right now, the Ravens have to be considered the favorites. Theoretically, you would say the Steelers because the Steelers have all that talent. But with the quarterback play that we don't know, you know, I mean, we know what Mitch Trubisky is going to give you. There's Mason Rudolph, and then there's uh, that rookie Kenny Pickett or whatever the hell the guy's name is. But it's not good enough as of right now, you know, until we actually see them play. So you have to say that it's the Ravens' division to lose. Then next up would be the Bengals behind them. But you know, we got to see what happens with Deshaun Watson, and then we also have to see what happens with the Pittsburgh Steelers' quarterback play. You know what's funny? I don't think the Browns are in the conversation for the division this year. Like, I don't think they are near the conversation because of Deshaun Watson, if, because of his suspension. That's well, even if Deshaun it. Watson only gets suspended for six games, because if Deshaun Watson only misses six games, yes. then I do think that they are in play for that division, because now that's because now that's what? You missed, that's 11 more games to go, and that team's good enough to go on, like, a little run if he can play at the level that we know. So, yeah, I think right now I would agree yeah. with you because of the uncertainty this, like, you know, surrounding him. We don't really know how many games, in fact, he will miss. But if he misses only six games, I think that you have to kind of put them in that conversation, depending on how they could do those first six games without him. Well, depending – okay, so what I expect to happen for this season is the Bengals to not play like they, they did in the beginning of the year of last season, right? Because it, it started off a bit shaky, lost to the Jets, got blown up by the Browns, the Chargers. You really couldn't put them as a favorite to win the division. But later on, they shored up. They were able to take over, to take hold of the division, and they won it, right? And it's funny because you mentioned before about the Ravens. I actually think the Bengals are the most talented team in the division right now, if I'm being honest here. I mean, you had you added Daxton Hill, Cam Taylor-Britt. Those guys are going to help out that defense. You added some more starters, some quality starters on the offensive line, so it should be much better. And they just overall have the better receiving core, the better running back core probably, Joe Mixon. And Joe Burrow is no slouch at all. The difference is, is that they have the third hardest schedule in the NFL, which is why I think they won't win the division this year. The Ravens have about like 19th hardest schedule, so that should be in their favor. Um, but only because of that schedule is the reason why I'm picking the Ravens to win the division this year for the uh, NFC AFC North. Okay, fine. And yeah. you made a good point. But it's weird to say that the Bengals have a better offense, which they do, which I would agree with. I think that the Bengals overall offense is better than a team that has Lamar Jackson at quarterback. It did, like it, it, it does sound weird. Now, what I will say, though, is that last season, don't forget all the injuries that the Ravens had. I don't think that with all those injuries that the Bengals still win that division, you know. And I don't really like using the injury as an excuse, but it is something yeah. to take account in when it's a lot. And the Ravens had a lot mm -hmm. of injuries last year. So yeah. I think you don't really get injured that much this season. I mean, I think it'd be pretty hard to have two back-to-back -back seasons where you're that injured yeah. and where you're missing that many key guys. So to me, I think that's why the Ravens will win the division. 
but I do think that the Bengals will make it close, though. I do expect them to come second. And then, again, depending on Watson, I'd have to say Steelers would be third, Browns fourth as of right now. I just got to see how, like, that plays out. But I do agree with you, though, even when healthy, if both teams are healthy, I do agree with you that the Bengals do have the better offense. I think the Ravens have, have the better defense, and I think, I think that the Ravens might have the better offensive line as of right now. So yes. I'll give you skill position. And then quarterback is debatable, whether you're a Joe Burrow guy or a Lamar Jackson yeah. guy. But, I'll yes, the too. Bengals and Ravens are the two best teams in that division. But I expect the Ravens to win it just because, you know, I just think that they're like they're a more experienced bunch. And, you know, they like they've even though the Bengals did make the Super Bowl. So you can say that they have more experience, I guess, in like the playoffs. They're still a young team that, that I think exceeded expectations. And I think that it will be pretty hard to do that again for them this year. So, yeah, I look for the Ravens to win it. But the Bengals will make it close. I agree. Okay, they, they probably will. Um, and by the way, if they both had similar strength of schedule, I'd pick the Bengals. Just saying. The Ravens have a, a much easier schedule than compared to the Bengals this season. They're gonna be it's gonna be tough for the Bengals to probably even make the playoffs, but because they're so talented, because they're so you know, they have experience of getting there being in the playoffs last year, they will make the playoffs, but they have a tough schedule. I mean, the Rams this year have the, the hardest schedule in the league. So I mean, people are expecting them to be a repeat next season maybe and maybe not but they're gonna have a tough try- tough time trying to get past all these other teams that were not there last year so let's see what happens for that but speaking of schedule though have you ever heard of the bird gauntlet before i have not that's funny right because the saints have a chance to run through the bird gauntlet we have right here we have the the falcons twice all right we have the Seahawks, we have the Cardinals, the Ravens, and the Eagles. Now, if you want to go by the week order, we got the Falcons week one, Seahawks week five, Cardinals week seven, uh, Ravens week nine. Once again, the Falcons week 15 and week 17 is the Eagles. So let me ask you this question. It's never been done before. Never been done. You have never ran through the bird gauntlet. Can the Saints be the first team this year in history to defeat the Angry Birds? So you're asking me, can the Saints be the first team that beats every single bird team, basically? Yes. No chance. Yeah. No. <laughs> really? No. No shot. Okay. You would need everything to go right. And if I'm being honest with you, the Saints, in my opinion, are not better than the Ravens. Don't care. Well, we'll see what happens with injuries come what week is that, week nine. And I don't think that they're better than the Cardinals as well. And I think that they'll be okay. the Eagles. So those three teams alone, I can't see them beating them. Now, the other teams, the Falcons, and who else is it? The Falcons and Seahawks? Yeah, I think that yep. uh, I think that the Saints should be beating them. But the Cardinals, uh, Eagles, and the Ravens, uh, nah, I just can't see it happening. It's going to be too hard. You know what I'm about to say. <laughs> what, Brad? What? You know what I'm about to say. They're about to make history this year, bro. <laughs> They are about to make history this year. So yes, you're saying, New Orleans Saints. Yes, that, that's exactly what I'm saying. So yes. you're saying that the Saints will beat the Falcons. Yes, the twice. Seahawks, Cardinals. Yes. Bro, no, they're yes. not. They're not. Yes. They're yes. not. They're yes. not. Bro, you I'm telling you. Listen, right. listen, 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 right? These are the reasons why they will beat all these teams, okay? One. Jameis Winston is returning. That's a big deal. I know how you feel about Jameis Winston. I know how many people feel about Jameis Winston. But up until he got injured, he was playing well, was well in that system, and that was without his top receiver, 
Michael Thomas. He now has Michael Thomas coming back and also Chris Olave too. And also Jarvis Landry in the mix too. A bottom tier receiving core last year now goes up to about top 10, maybe top 15. Good enough, right? Good offensive line. That's great in itself. Alvin Kamara, obviously we know how he gets down. And the biggest thing for me, the defense. Tell me how this team adds Marcus May and Tyron Matthew, two of which are versatile safeties. I have no clue how to do that. All right. You re-signed Bradley Roby, who was decent last year in that system. And Dennis Allen, I'll bet it's not Sean Payton. Dennis Allen knows how to run that defense and will be the head coach next year. Coach the kind of guy. And I expect them to not miss a beat. They are going to be great against stopping the run, which by far, you know, I think will be the strength of the Ravens, the Eagles, maybe the Cardinals here and there. So they have an answer for that. And the rest of the teams, the Falcons twice, bottom tier roster. Seahawks, bottom tier roster. Like, there's no reason why they can't win this this, this whole entire bird gauntlet. They can win everything. They can win against all these teams, if I'm being honest here. And if I were to put my money on it, I'm betting on the Saints to win and run through the bird gauntlet, bro. Yes. Now, the reason that that's irrelevant is because you won't put your money on that because you know that that's a big ask for teams to win that many games. Now, everybody gets upset throughout the season, right? Six games. Yeah, that's six games. The reason that you won't put your money on that is because you know how idiotic it sounds that you expect a team to win every game that they're supposed to. Now, look, every single season, there's always going to be teams that lose games that they're not supposed to lose. That's just how it, how it works out. For example, we just talked about the Bengals. They should have lost to the New York Jets, that poverty franchise. But guess what? It happens because every year, upsets happen. So for you to think that they'll beat six, seven teams that on paper, maybe they should be. But on paper, then maybe they shouldn't. It doesn't really matter. Point is, it does not happen. They will lose to one of those teams because it, it just happens. Remember, the Lions beat the Cardinals last season when the Cardinals were flying. You remember that? Cardinals were on a winning streak. Went to Detroit. Smacked up by the Lions. Who would have saw that coming? The number two overall pick Lions, okay? It just happens. That's just how the NFL works. You don't know what kind of injuries the Saints are going to have throughout the season. You don't know what kind of injuries the other teams might have. But point is, to make that prediction, when the Saints aren't even better, really, or even that much better than the Ravens, they're not even that much better than the Cardinals. They're not even that much better than the Eagles. So to even make that prediction, like all the bird teams are just bottom of the league, it's ridiculous. They're not all bottom of the league. Only half of those pe- those teams in the schedule are bottom of the league. That's it. But I feel like the Saints have a strength that could be the weakness of these other teams. The Ravens, the Eagles, and the Cardinals all pride themselves on running the football. The Saints are great at stopping the run. Now, I'll bet the Saints did get blown out last year because you know they didn't have an answer for Jalen Hurts. But I think they will have an answer for them this year. Um, and also, you will have your starting QB back. I expect them to be healthy. I mean, it is week 17, so you never know what happens at that point in time. Maybe I could be 5-0 heading into week 17. The the Saints are already in the playoff mode already. They have booked their spot in the playoffs, and now they're just resting their starters. And I might lose off of that. But either way, though, it's very possible, and I'm banking on the Saints to run through the bird gauntlet. Like, I, I don't see how it can't happen. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Okay, so then where was that great run defense when the Eagles scored 40 points last season on them? I said they had no answer for Jalen Hurts. I said that. But yes. also, now what happened? Not- Listen, they capitulated that like that game. They capitulated. Exactly. I mean, Thank you. Wait, 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 wait. Think about what you just said. What I say? They capitulated that game, right? Yeah. 
That's all it takes is just one game. You're asking them to win six. It's not going to happen. They will capitulate one of those games. That's all that I'm saying. Now, maybe, mm. now I, I do think that they will have – so if that's six games, I think that they'll have a winning record, like, out of those six games, yes. But they will lose one or two of those games, yes. No, but that game was an aberration of what – I mean, it wasn't really an aberration because they. I think they lost to the Titans the week before too. So it was Trevor Simeon starting at QB. Yeah, I mean, it's not he's not Jameis Winston. So that reason alone should let me believe that they have a chance to win all these games this year and next year, as in this season, they'll have an answer for Jalen Hurts. I just believe that. And they won't have – when you look at what the Saints have now compared to last uh, year. What I think that you – Jarvis Landry, come on now. Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, come on. All right. I'm hearing what you're saying, but again, you're still being a little wishful. It's just not going to happen that way. I'm telling you. And let's not act like Jameis Winston is this big top 10 quarterback that's coming in. That's going to change the whole face <laughs> of the team. Yes. He's better than what they had, but Jameis Winston is a average quarterback. Like he's literally middle of the pack. He's not anything special. He will get them maybe two more wins, three more wins than what they had last season. But let's just relax here. That's, That's all that I'm saying. Like, let's not act like Jameis Winston is really that big of a factor to now where this team is going to be a contender because Winston's coming back. They have a talented offense, and I think that they will be better offensively than they were last season, of course. But Jameis Winston coming back is not going to be the determining factor of them beating six teams that they are going to be going against. No, no. Like, let, like, let's be real here because the guy is good for at least a four-interception game at least two times this season. And one of those might happen against one of these teams. So let's just be real here. Come on. Him coming back will be a part of the reasons as to why they will win. The defense will be the main reason as to why they win these games easily. I, I mean, James Wilson so, is a so, so – Hold on, wait. So the Ravens defense is just a walk in the park. No, it's not. It'll be like that a, Cardinals a defense, defense. Hold on, wait. That Cardinals defense is just a walk in the park. Not compared to the, to the Cardinals. Come on now. I mean, All not right. To hold on. Easy. The Eagles defense is walking apart. It was just what you're saying. I'm saying okay. Saints, Ravens, right? Cardinals, Eagles. Big, there's a difference here. Cardinals are Big better team. than the Saints. Not defensively. No, just overall. I like a team. Mm, debatable. Nah, I'm taking debatable. I'm taking the Cardinals over the Saints. I have the Saints on par with the Eagles and well, okay. Saints, mm. hold on. Saints, Cardinals, Ravens, I think are all equal. The Eagles, I think are like right there, but I don't think that they're that much better than the Eagles. I think that you're kind of overestimating not. what this team is going to be. Okay. Wait, let's take it back to what you just said though. Okay. You said, if you could bet on it, you would, right? Were you just chatting or were you being serious? I was, I was serious. I'll take it. I'll like, bet they you had the, if they had a fan duel where like a boost was to run through the bird gauntlet, I would I'll pick that. I'll bet on it. Okay. Now like, how much money like would you throw on that? How much money? Well, depends on the yeah. odds. If it's like plus seventy, it's if it's like plus seven fifty, I'd bet like twenty dollars on it. All right. So let's me and you just bet ten dollars. I bet you that that they don't go through that gauntlet. Let me you just bet ten dollars. Okay. Because you said that if that if you could bet on it, you would. So I'm challenging you to a bet. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Shake fair enough. Hair. We are gonna mark this down. We're gonna virtual handshake. Yes. 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 Now handshake. there is no <laughs> way in hell they go six to zero versus all the bird teams. They will lose at least <laughs> one of those teams. 
Facts. Okay, wait, hold on. Let me. Can I have a, a little ultimatum here? Ah, oh, no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Listen, listen. <laughs> Why is he wilding for? Why is he wilding? Listen, this man listen, said, listen. if he could bet on it, he listen. would. I listen. said, let's bet on it. Now he like, oh wait, my man about to try to put stipulations. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Listen, 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 listen. Mm-hmm. A stipulation, right? Let's say they have booked their spot in the playoffs and they're resting their starters against the Eagles week 17. Does that really count? You know, does that really count? Yes, because you okay. said they will run the gauntlet. The gauntlet didn't yeah. say, oh, unless starters are rested week 17. No, it says, will they just beat those teams? So, yes, come on now. Yes, they'll beat the Falcons, poverty franchise. They'll beat the Seahawks, poverty right now. And they'll beat those three good teams, indeed. Okay, yes. then we'll see. We'll see. Yes, we will see. We will see. Speaking of poverty franchises, so the Bears, who have a bottom tier offense, maybe an average defense. I'm not sure exactly how they're playing out this year, but they are in an impasse with their star player, Roquan Smith, who's probably the best player on that team right now. Would you agree? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I mean, there's not not much talent on that team. Not much talent. So Roquan has asked he has requested, he has stated he wants a trade out of the Chicago Windy City, whatever you want to call it. Now, I want to ask you this. Should the Bears consider trading Roquan Smith for draft capital, or should they go out through the route of building through their star player and trying to make this work? Because he has stated in the past that it's not much salvageable than it is right now, but there may be a chance, though. But what do you think should happen? Yeah, so I saw Roquan Smith kind of put, I guess, hit like why he wants this trade on social media. And I was yep. like, I clicked it because I wanted to read it. I saw that yep. shit was like 10 pages. I was like, yeah, fuck that. Did not read I'm, it at all. I can I'm read you an estimate of it if you want. Ah, yeah, go ahead. Tell me what happened. All right, all right. Okay, so I'll read you just the, the first paragraph where I think is the most important thing. All right, go ahead. He states, unfortunately, the new front office regime doesn't value me here. They refuse to negotiate in good faith. Every step of this journey has been take it or leave it, quote unquote. The deal sent to me is one of that would be bad for myself and for the entire linebacker market if I signed it. I've been trying to get something done that's fair since April, but their focus has been on trying to take advantage of me. Pretty much it right there. So he does not trust the front office. All right, got you. So basically, they didn't offer him enough money. That's all that matters. Okay, so he could have just said that. He could have said, they didn't give me the bag, now I want out. It's fairly simple. Like You don't need to put something so simple in so many words. Now, let me ask you a question. I don't really care about Rokon Smith, if I'm being honest with you. I don't watch the Bears, so I don't really know how good he is, really, because I never watched him play. I don't watch the Bears play. I'm not going to lie. So what I want to ask you is, because you seem to know everything, what is Rokon Smith worth on this trade market? And to answer your first question, before you answer that question, yes, the Bears should trade him for draft capital because the Bears are going to suck whether he's there or not. So why give this player all this money when you're still going to suck? You might as well just trade him. You have a, you know, try to go through like the rebuild through the draft route. I mean, you have Justin Fields there. So your future should be brighter than what it's been. So why pay this guy all this money to just suck with him being there? You know, have the capital, have, you know, more money to use in free agency to build around this young core. That's what I would do, though. Okay, so I'll answer your first question, right? I think his going around trade value would be a high third round pick which it probably will be high considering the Bears may not be great next season. They'll probably be the one of the worst teams in the NFL next now, season. Now, wait. Let me listen. Wait. So, really quick. Okay. So, if Rokon Smith is so good, why is he only worth a third-round pick? 
Uh, it depends on how much you want to give up for him. I mean, some teams yeah. were desperate. The linebacker, the linebacker market is not that great of a market for me. So I wouldn't give me personally, I would never give up a second round pick to get a guy like Roquan Smith because I don't think he's at the top of the list or at least top 10. He might be top 10 actually, but he's at the bottom of the top 10 pile, but he's really good though. Very underrated has some great coverage skills. I would think um, very rangy can stop the run. And also his stats speak for himself. But for me personally, I wouldn't give up more than a second round pick, but I was probably say third though. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Now, what would you do though? Like, do you agree with me? Should they keep him or should they trade him? So that question is very difficult, right? Because if you are a fan who wants to see this rebuild, and if the organization wants to see a rebuild, then you do it, right? You trade Roquan Smith, you get in some more draft capital, and you try to fill in as much holes as possible. But okay. the issue is, do you trust the front office to build correctly? Now I want to go back to the Jets when we traded Jamal Adams. Now, I was skeptical at first because I don't really know who Joe Douglas is. I'm not sure how he runs his, his teams. He's a, he's a fairly new GM, and trading away Jamal Adams was a big move. So I wanted to see exactly how he would utilize these picks, which he has done so far to my liking, utilize these picks and get us some great talent. Now, he did his job, but do I trust the front office now? Do I trust Matt Eberflus to help out this team and to see who he wants and helping out this roster and filling things out? I don't know because – where in the past, I haven't seen too much of the Bears doing the best things and making the best decisions to lead me to this choice. So for me personally, I would still go out the route of trading Roquan Smith and finding some more draft capital and trying to believe in this new front office and this new uh, head coaching and the new direction and everything. But I would be a little bit skeptical if I was a Bears fan. Okay. Uh, hmm. All right. Yeah, like – but again, I don't really know too much about this Roquan Smith because, again, I don't watch him play. So to me, I wouldn't even have had him up there with some of the best linebackers in the NFL. Just bear, just based off now, you know, you hear about what he does. And but to me, like, I don't think that his impact is that much. I mean, the Bears defense is pretty deep. Like, what do you, I would say? It's pretty like below average, right? And he's the anchor of that defense. So that has to kind of be a reflection on him as well. Now, I know that he's not surrounded by the best of players, but to me, you know, this trade, whether he's there or not, it shouldn't really matter. I don't really think that you'll see any Bears fans that, that will be too upset if the guy is traded. But I do want to go back to your Jamal Adams uh, situation because what's different between Jamal Adams and Roquan Smith is, yes, they are both star players for their team. But Jamal Adams, the time that he was with the New York Jets, was a pulverizing figure. I mean, he was a household name, and he was viewed as probably the best safety at the time in the NFL, which Roquan Smith is not considered the best at his position. So to me, it's a bit different. You know, it's a, you know, I'm pretty sure that Jamal Adams had more fans at the time, that there was more Jets fans who would have been upset because of his status. It's kind of like an Odell Beckham situation when he was traded by the New York Giants. It's kind of like, you know, maybe you don't look at it as, is this what's best for the team? Because you get so attached to the player and to like the name that's there. So in my opinion, yes, the Bears should be trading Roquan Smith. Again, you're going to suck with him. And you're going to suck without him. Like, you having him there is not going to really make the difference with you getting any more wins. So you might as well just free up the cap space, get draft capital, and do the rebuild that way. So it's funny because I mentioned before that the Bears' defense was actually a bit average. But they were actually six last year in total defense. So I know you said they're bottom tier, but they're not actually bottom tier. And Rokon Smith played a big role in helping them to become a top 10 defense last year. Were they six overall? Huh? They were six overall? <laughs> yeah. Damn. yeah boy damn yeah boy they definitely were i'm looking at it right here 
Yo, Rokos was that dog. And they drafted some more defensive prospects to Quan Brisker, another CB, I forgot his name, to help out with that defense. As you can see, they're not really putting uh, emphasis on the offense at this point in time, but that defense is real, though. It's real. Yeah, no, I guess I shouldn't have judged the defense based on the record. You also have to look at the offense as well. So, yeah, I understand that. And, you know, it sucks for them because they sucked and the Giants had their first-round pick. So, that was good for us. But <laughs> Yeah. Man, too bad that we can't have their first-round pick next year because that will be a top-three pick. I'm not going to lie. They are going to be awful next year with or, or without him. So, you know, the you know the defense, I guess you could say that they do step up, all right, with it being a top-ten defense. But as long as that offense is going to kind of be lackluster, they don't really have that much talent. You know, Justin Fields, he's a good young quarterback. And then I do like David Montgomery as well. But – like Darnell Moody as your wide receiver number one. Nah. I mean, come on. Like that's very come lackluster. On. I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna lie. So come on. you know it's peak for them. It's peak for them, fan. Yeah. I will say this that Roquan Smith is one of my favorite linebackers because he has the speed to range from sideline to sideline, and okay. he's very, very underrated. So let me ask you a question before you even move on, right? Yeah, I saw this trade proposal on Twitter. It wasn't a big thing, but no. Listen, 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 just listen, no. listen, listen, no. listen. I know, I know, I know what you're gonna ask me. No. What is it? Say it, say it. If I want, if you know what it was gonna be about the Giants, like no, no. Oh, okay. No. All right. Then I saw. Right, then, then I saw something. Relax. Else. Okay, I don't think no. no. Relax. Okay. It was Rokon Smith, Taylor Jenkins, and a fourth or fifth round pick sent out to the Pittsburgh Steelers for Chase Claypool. Devin Bush and a second round pick. Hell no. Or the GM for the Bears. Are you doing that trade? Hell oh, for the Bears? Yes. 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 Yo, if I'm the Bears GM, I will go pack Rokorn Smith's house and drive him to Pittsburgh. Chase Claypool, automatically their best wide receiver. Autom- it's not even a question. Yeah. And then Devin Bush, his rookie season was really good. Yeah. Kind of had a little drop off. Yeah. But let's be real. His ceiling is a you could say is at Roquan Smith or higher than him. His ceiling, what he could be. Yes. So if I'm them, I'm doing that deal. Yes, yes, yes. Because because now you get a much needed wide receiver one. I think that Chase Claypool is a wide receiver one. I think he can be a, a wide receiver one with the uh, with with good quarterback play. I think step up and fill Ooh. those shoes. Yes, I think he can. Yeah, I would definitely do, do that deal. Yes. Yes. You say it was a it was a terrible trade for the Steelers, though. Why? Yes. Kevin Jenkins, swing tackle for them that, that they need. I mean, he hasn't played that much, obviously, but he's a, a, a player that could help out the offensive line, and you get a guy in Roquan Smith who would replace Devin Bush. No, well, I'm that much of a fan of Chase Claypool. I really believe in him. I don't think the Steelers should be getting ready. I don't think that they should be looking to get rid of him. So, mm-hmm. so if you're right. the Bears, if you can get a Devin Bush, and a Chase Claypool. I mean, you're a rebuilding team. You know, Devin Bush is young. Chase Claypool is young. It fits with what you try to be going in the direction of doing. So I would definitely do that deal, especially because it helps out Justin Fields as well. Okay. okay. I mean, Chase Claypool for me can develop, but right now he's not that guy for a number one receiver type of conversation. He may I would agree with you. Yeah, okay. Bet, bet. But then again, though – Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, it'd be still decent, but it still wouldn't be there, though. Still wouldn't be there for me. Yeah, but guess what? Chase Claypool is an instant upgrade over anything that they have, and it's not yeah. close. That is true. Not one receiver that the Bears have is close to Chase Claypool. Darnell Mooney is a good receiver. 
Well, I wouldn't say good. He's an average, like, receiver. Chase Claypool is a good receiver. Okay. Mm, I say Donald Mooney is a, a tad bit above average, but that's just me, though. That's just me. I but mean, next question, would you want the Jets to trade for Roquan Smith? Roquan Smith? No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, we're, we're, no. <laughs> no. We just got – we already have – I mean, yes, he has one more deal left on this on – this, on this, he has one more year left on his deal, but CJ Mosley is still there. We have Quincy Williams. I, I feel good about my linebacking core. Quan but I you just called Roquan Smith one of your favorite linebackers, and then you say that he could be possibly gone for a third. So if you're the Jets – and if you're a Jets fan, and if he's your favorite linebacker, would he not be worth a third round pick to you for for your team? One of my, one of my favorite linebackers, I, I think. I mean, the, I guess depending on what happens with CJ Mosley, I would do it. But right now, no, he's asking for the trade right now, so I wouldn't do it. I mean, damn, bro, like how you said no was just so like you didn't even think you no. You was like no, no. <laughs> you didn't even think. About no, I, I don't think we need to be giving up trade pieces to get Rokon Smith right now. That's not what we need to do. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. So we talk about Rokon Smith value, and I think there is a, a great perception that kickers are not valued as much as they should be. And I think even you believe this, too, that they don't have as much value as they should have on the field. So my guy, Justin Tucker, just inked the, you know, a three-year, $24 million extension. Good deal, bad deal, by the way? Good deal. Good deal. Okay, perfect. So... Let me ask you a question. Do kickers not get as much praise as they should? Or are they right at where they should be when it comes to giving them the props for what they do on the NFL, in the NFL, yeah. and on the field? Yeah, no. Being a kicker is definitely undervalued in the NFL nowadays. I think being a kicker is probably the hardest job in the NFL. I'm not going to lie mm-hmm. to you. Like, that's so much pressure I- because you're always expected to make your kicks. Yeah. And it's like it's all on you. Like the game could be on the line, or you missing a field goal could be the difference between you winning or losing a game. And yes. to me, with the expectation of you're always supposed to make it. Like there's no room for error. Like if a kicker misses like three field goals, we're looking at him like, yo, bro, this guy might gotta get cut. I'm not gonna lie. So to me, kickers are under so much pressure and they are so undervalued in the NFL. And I think that it is a position that does deserve more respect because of how much pressure. Like, that's a hard job. You ever tried to oh, kick yeah. a football? Yeah. Like, I can't even get the ball high enough to make a like a 10-yard field goal. Let's be real. Nah, it's nah. hard, bro. Nah. And then you, you need so much stuff to go right because the guy has to hike the ball. One guy has to catch it then place it perfectly. Mm. Because then if the ball's not turned on, like, the right side or if, like, your laces hit this side, the kick's going not where you placed it. It's so hard to be a kicker in the NFL, even being a punter. Like, and it's a job where you don't have any room to mess up. If you're any other position, you have room to mess up. If you're a linebacker, if you're a running back, if you're a wide receiver, you know, you fumble the ball, you drop a pass, people just shake it off. But if you're a kicker and you miss a 30-yard field goal, a 40-yard field goal, everybody's getting on to you. Because guess what? That might have been the only chance throughout the whole game to make an impact. So to me, kickers are very underrated and kickers are not respected as much as they should be. Very hard job, bro. I think, again, the hardest job in the NFL. Wow. Because of the expectations that come with it. You hit that right on the nail. I'm not going to lie. I agree with everything you just said because I was expecting you to say something else, to be honest. I actually think the kicking spot is much more valuable than a tight end or any offensive guard in the NFL, if I'm being honest here. Now, obviously, there are Pro Bowl offensive guards, Pro Bowl tight ends. You always want to have a Travis Kelsey 
a George Kittle, Zach Martin, Quentin Nelson. But I feel like within the right system, these guys who are average can be good enough to make sure the offense line stays intact. But it obviously, it still is good to have these stud players at these positions. But to me, though, once again, I agree with Will so much here because there's no system for a kicker. There's no play calling for a kicker, all right? You either make your kicks or you don't. You have wind at the back of you, in the front of you. You have a crowd factor on the road. One kick in the game. Imagine your team being on the road, right? And you're going against a, a great team in the Buffalo Bills, for example. On the road, windy, snowy, and you have nothing going for you on offense. You have this long drive. You find a way to get something on the board as far as getting down the field, but you get the drive stalled out. Now you have to settle for a field goal. If you don't make that field goal, you know how much demoralizing that can be for a team that does not have any points at that point at the game? Seriously, it's terrible. Let me ask you a question, right? What do you think would happen if I'm going to give you scenarios right here? For all these fans, close your ears because it might be terrible to listen to. What do you think would happen if my guy, Billy Cundiff, tied the game against the Patriots a couple of years ago? Cody Parker for the Chicago Bears tied the game or won the game for the against the Eagles in the in the wild card. Blair Walsh missing from 27 yards out against the Seahawks in 2014 in a wild card game. What do you think would have happened with these teams if they would have went on and got and gotten that win in, in these playoff games? I mean, look, you you never know. Like, let's be real. Exactly. You never know. You never know. <laughs> but again, you know, you can't uh you can't. What's the word? You cannot underestimate how valuable Thank having you. a great kicker is. And that's Thank what you. Justin Tucker is. So he deserved that. He's one of the best kickers in NFL history, I think, that some people would say, right? I mean, like, oh, the yeah. guy is an absolute unit. And to oh, keep yeah. him there and, and like, see, and, and the thing about kickers is, because if you're a good kicker, you could play until, like, your mid-40s, bro. Because you don't have mm-hmm. to do much else outside of just kicking. You don't really have to worry about getting hit ever. You know, you don't really have to worry about having to do anything else but just kick and watch the game. So... I think being a kicker is a pretty sweet gig in the NFL if you're able to do it really well because you can make so much money because you can play for such a long period of time. Yeah. And then after football, your quality of life is also going to be good because your body didn't yeah. take that much physical punishment over the years. So to me, yes, kickers are very important. And, yes, I do agree with you. I think that I think that kickers are more important than running backs now. I mean, you see the running back position is being devalued now. But to me, the kicking market is just so crazy. Now, obviously, you'll never see a kicker go high like the first second round i mean you know we have seen some kickers go second round but in my opinion a great kicker could be the difference between you winning a super bowl and you not all that you really need is a good running back now having a good kicker is good as well but to have a great kicker like if you ask me a question would you rather have a great kicker or a great running back i'm gonna pick the great kicker yes because i think because i think that a good running back is gonna be just enough to get the job done but a good kicker might miss here and there but a kicker that's like that's just on it, like a Justin Tucker. He's yes. invaluable, bro. He's definitely invaluable. And then, shoot, like even look at the kicker for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, like Young, young Cole, cool, yeah, him. Yep, that guy. He led the NFL in points last year. Yes, so undervalued, man. It's it's such a hard position because you have such a small margin for error, bro. You really do. And for all those fans listening, man. The, the Ravens had no no business winning that game last year against the Lions. No business whatsoever. I mean, we want to talk about Lamar Jackson, what he did to get them to that point. I get it. That was some great play right there. But 66-yard field goal, though? 66, a history-broken record? Like, come on, Justin Tucker? 
Evan McPherson in the in the playoffs went 14 for 14. I mean, the Bengals got there, but one game they had about what five, six field goals <laughs> to win that game. <laughs> what are you talking about here, man? Kickers are so important. And Justin Tucker, let me read you guys one stat before we move on. A hundred percent best field goal percentage in the fourth quarter slash OT since 2016. A hundred percent. This guy has not missed in the fourth quarter. That's when everything's on the money. That's, yeah, that's no, the money. Have to say, Show me the money. Yeah, no, you'd have to say that he's the best kicker in the NFL. Oh, yeah. He's that guy. He's that guy. You know, that, that guy is that guy. Speaking of that guy, though, Marshawn Lynch, you would say he was that guy when he was playing with the Seahawks. You know, 2014, won a Super Bowl with them. Um, obviously, these guys were leading the boom. Russell Wilson, name is Russell, last name Wilson. But, unfortunately... Marshall Lynch was arrested a couple of days ago for uh, under suspicion of DUI. So, how does this look on a uh, guys and Marshall Lynch? Like, did you kind of expect it to be honest of the way his demeanor is and how he cares himself? I mean, I don't know how you could suspect somebody might get a DUI unless they've had <laughs> problems in the past. Listen, listen, listen. <laughs> like, th- so think about I, it. <laughs> so, I'll say no. Like, I did not see this coming. <laughs> Listen, yo, my man asked me, guys, keep Marshawn Lynch DUI coming. I don't know him, nigga. Like, what? I don't know him. How but how but see that coming? Like, I, I don't coming. know that he likes to drink. I, I don't know coming. that he likes to smoke. Well, no, I think he does like to smoke, I think. But I don't know him to know that this is an issue. So no, I didn't see this coming, bro. But what I will say is, do you think that Marshawn Lynch really cares? Like I don't think that Marshawn cares, bro. Like, he probably sitting there like, it is what it is. Like, nobody died, right? Like, so in my opinion, I think it's a bad look for him. Yes, because, you know, he's a celebrity kind of. I wouldn't say a celebrity, actually, because I don't think he's that famous. But he is somebody in the football and sports world that's important. So this is going to look bad now when it's time for brand deals, et cetera. You have endorsements. People might not want to work with you. So that's what it looks bad for. But I don't think that Marshawn even cares, bro. And if I'm being honest with you, you know, I, I think he has to be smarter than that. You know, he's an older player. It's not like he's young. It's not like this is all new to him, getting money and all this. You know, he's an older player. Or he's not even playing anymore, but he's just an older athlete. You know, he's one of those guys that's been there, and you expect better uh, from the older people uh, especially. So, you know, I think that he hasn't learned, you know, looking at what happened to Henry Ruggs and then what happened the other week with um, Hollywood Brown. And yeah. then for you to go do it, it's just kind of like it doesn't make any sense to me. If I have money for Uber and Lyft, they have money for Uber and Lyft. So it's no excuse, no excuse for that. And, you know, there's nothing that you can do to punish him. You know, maybe, you know, suspend his license. I don't really know the details of the case. It's not like he's in the league where you can suspend him or anything like that. So, you know, you can't find him. So maybe he'll just have to pay a big ticket and, like, that'll be the end of it. But you've got to be smarter than that if you're Marshawn Lynch. And you kind of have to realize that, again, when you drive intoxicated, whether it's you're drinking or you're underneath uh, uh, some influence, you're affecting other people's lives. You're putting other people's lives at risk. If you don't care about your own life, then think about other people. Because you go out there, you crash, you do something dumb, then you're affecting innocent people. So if you want to go do self-harm, do it at your house. But don't do it in a, like such a manner where other people can be affected that have nothing to do yeah. with the situation. You see, I, I don't understand sometimes, man. Like, like you just said, I have no clue why these guys decide to do such crazy, nonsensical things. Like it makes no sense. You have money for Ubers. You have the the thought process 
and the mindsets. You should have the mindset, to be honest, to, to not do anything that would put your life in jeopardy. But either way, you decide to do it. Now, going off my first question, <laughs> you know, I, I know how Marshawn gets down, at least from what I've seen in the past from his interviews and how he carries himself. So I don't want to say that he's a bad player or a bad person. And I don't want to say that he's this terrible human being, but the way he carries himself kind of makes me believe that I kind of can see this happening because of how he just is just a free fall kind of guy. You know, he's he's with the flow, motion, everything like that, drinking and smoking. I'm not sure how much he does that, but obviously it led to an incident. So did it in a bad occurrence at this time of day. But either way, though, it's bad. Can't have that happen. Let's call it what it is. 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 all the politically correct terms. He's a dumbass. That's I don't want to say all that. He's a dumbass. If you decide to <laughs> get intoxicated, right, your DUI, driving under influence, if you decide, no, just in general, if okay. you decide to be under the influence and then you go drive, you make that decision, you're a dumbass. It's no really other ways to put it. It's some people who are not dumbasses, and then there's people who are dumbasses. So if you're Hollywood Brown, if you're Marshawn Lynch, if you're a Henry Ruggs, if you're anybody, it doesn't matter, celebrity or not, famous person, regular person, if you decide to drink or smoke and then go drive, you're a dumbass. Because not only are you putting your life at risk, you're putting other people's life at risk. And if you do something that stupid, what are you? A dumbass. So let's just call it what it is. Marshawn Lynch is a dumbass. It is what it is. Maybe he got hit too many times oh, in the man. head. That's probably what it Look, it probably affected his decision. You know, maybe them not running the ball when they threw that interception in the Super Bowl, maybe that's still affecting him to this day. Because in my opinion, again, there's no excuses for that. I don't really care what it is. Now, look, I usually have sympathy for guys when they're speeding. Now, let's say, you know, you're speeding. Yes, speeding is still bad. No, but listen, listen, listen. As long as nobody dies, then I can kind of make the case for when young guys are speeding. Because, again, you're a young guy. Listen, you're a young guy. And as we talked about before, you didn't just spend $400,000 on this Bugatti to drive 25 miles per hour. Let's be real here. So, depending on the circumstance, I understand speeding. I can understand that. Depending, again, I'll say that. Now, if you're speeding at 2 p.m. next to a school, I then no, I don't get it. But if you're speeding at 2 a.m. on the highway when it's open, I understand. It's circumstantial. But under no circumstance, whether it's an empty road, a clear road at 2 a.m. There's nobody else but you to be impaired and still drive. I could never understand that. Could never. So that to me is worse than just regular speeding. Yes. Uh I I I get what you're saying, but I oh, can never keep it a buck. Keep it a buck. Nah. If you didn't want to drive fast, why'd you buy that Ferrari? Be be honest. If you're driving fast. Or if you don't want to drive fast, you're not going to buy a sports car. You'll go get you a nice Honda, a nice minivan, and you'll do the rest. But nobody buys a Ferrari for when they have the chance to go fast, they're going to go slow. But, Come on. Be real. But what about the aesthetic, though? How, how nice the car looks? What if you're a car guy? You like, you like looking at cars. Bro, if you're a car guy, you like to speed. Let's keep it a buck. If you're a, a car guy, because car guys, they modify their cars. They customize their cars. You're not buying a Ferrari to go 25 miles per hour. You're not buying a Ferrari when it's an open road on, on, on like the highway at 10 p.m. at night to just do 60 miles per hour. You're going to push it. Come on. You yeah. ain't spending like all that money for the aesthetics of it. Nobody's spending 600K because it looks nice. Yeah, that does play a factor in, into it. 
but it also can do things that other cars cannot. Come on now. Yeah. Yeah, probably, probably. Me personally, I buy the car because it looks nice. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, I could just drive my normal speed. I'm not saying if that's fast or slow, but I took some nice pictures with it. You know, just do what I gotta do. All right. I mean, if that's what you want to tell yourself, but I know, for a fact, I know for a fact, if you had an open highway at 10 p.m., you're not going the 65 mile project. You do that at 65. Yes. You're you don't know what I would do. I've been to coach plenty of times with your two hand driving. You'll do that. Oh, I don't drive with two hands. Why are you saying that? Let's move on, bro. Because I don't, oh, I, look, I don't even be here lying to you, bro. Let's just move on, bro. Why are you saying that? Come on, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. Come on. Don't try. Don't try and do that, bro. Come on. Now. What are you talking about? Don't do that. Don't do that. Like, right, bro, right. I don't do that. All I don't right. do that. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. Oh, fine. Guys, whatever, man. Very unfortunate, man. Very unfortunate. So, speaking of unfortunate news, Makai Becton is out for the season. And I kind of got some backlash a little bit because of my tweet when I saw the news about Makai Becton being out for the season. Bust! Saying that. Bust! <laughs> Bust! Yeah. 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 Bust! I think I, what did I say? I said, I think, I think it's safe to say that he is a bust. That's what I tweeted. Bust! Some people from the, I'm guessing some people who, who follow the Jets saying, I can't label him as a bust because he of injuries or because of him not being on the field. And other guys said along the lines of, well, he's been dominant when he's on the field, but because of injuries, dominant. you can't call him a bust. Dominant. I mean, his numbers are pretty good, though. No, don't, don't get As a rookie, his numbers were pretty good as a rookie. Yo, so I give him that. Jets what? fans just disgust me. Like, how? I hate the Jets so much. What are you what talking the about? How do you mean? That Makai Becton was dominant when he played. No, he was good. He wasn't no dominant, all right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And you guys just over just you guys over exaggerate everything. Jesus <laughs> Christ. I mean, like the guy has a couple good dominant. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding Listen. me? The guy is a bust. He's Listen. a bust. No, 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 no. I wasn't enough. To you Jets fans, just speaking all this stupid nonsense, I didn't forget when y'all drafted him <laughs> and we took Andrew Thomas. I didn't forget, okay? He's a bust. Get that through your head. He Yo. is a bust. Now, all jokes aside, though, he's a he is a good lineman, and I think that he's a solid player. Not dominant. He's solid. He's good. But, he's good. He's but, not. He's he's good. He's solid. He's good. But, he went up against Miles Garrett, Joey Bosa, Melvin Ingram. Come on, star players here at the time. Come on. You're only as good as you are available. Now, True. if you can't call a player a bust because they've been injured a lot, then that's like saying that you can't call Greg Oden a bust. Now, everybody knows Greg Oden would have probably been a very dominant player had he been able to stay healthy. But the fact that a top pick was wasted on him and he couldn't play and he didn't produce, that makes him a bust, regardless of injuries or not. So whenever people say, oh, well, he's injured, so, so you can't call him a bust. Yes, I can. Because yes, guess can. what? We're going to pick somebody else that wouldn't have been injured. And yes. now, look, we took him over XYZ player who's now an all-star. So, yes. yes, he is a bust. But he is hurt quite often, which sucks for him and sucks for Dutch fans. So, you know, it's unfortunate that, you know, he's been hurt so much. But he's still young, and he still does have time. Because, look, next year he comes back, he makes a Pro Bowl. Then he's not a bust anymore. But if he keeps getting hurt, he will be called a bust. And right now, rightfully so, Makai Beckton has to be able to bust. So, 
I want to speak to all my Jets fans out here who are trying to o- over exaggerate about the situation and that uh, he's dominant. He's not dominant. He was good as a rookie. He was good, but his numbers were not like top ten numbers. All right, relax there. Either way, though, missing thirty five out of was it fifty possible games is pretty bad. Pretty bad indeed. I can't stress that enough. I really can't. And on top of that, Makai Beckton wasn't the guy who came out of Louisville as an injury kind of player. He had like one missed game, but that doesn't mean that you can't get injured in the NFL. You know, or you can't not get injured in the NFL at that moment. Uh, because instead of having 200 players fall on your knees, you have 300 player, 300 pound players fall on your knees. Either way, though, it's very unfortunate. And I have the reason and the logic to say that he is a bust because he has not been on the field. He's about to miss two full seasons, two full seasons of football. And on top of that, me personally, I'm going to say this, even though I support Makai Becton, me personally, I wanted Tristan Wirfs. <laughs> I wanted Tristan Wirfs, but I couldn't have Tristan Wirfs because Joe Douglas chose Makai Becton. So I ran it and I, I stood by the decision. But either way, I saw from the sidelines of Tristan Wirfs blocking for Tom Brady, all pro. I think he made a Pro Bowl his first year. Did not, if I'm not mistaken. But this guy was playing world class. Makai Beckton had a good rookie season. But ever since then, it's been downhill because of the injuries. I get it. He's played good when he's on the field. But as Will just said, you are only as good as you are available. Makai Beckton has not been available. And this was a main concern coming out for me, even though he was not injured in college, that he was this freakish, tall, big, nimble athlete, but he can move well with them ankles, but once a 300-pound lineman falls in it, it's case closed, which is probably the case closed for a lot of linemen. Don't be, let's be honest here. But either way, it's happened a lot with him. So, Jets fans, please stop this nonsense about he's not a bust. He's a bust. Right now, he's a bust. Yeah. All right? We had a chance to picture some worse. We did not do it. He's a bust right now. Oh, my goodness. And the way that Will was over here calling out my this bus was a little bit nah because like I just remember how you guys like, were talking so much smack about the Giants and about Andrew Thomas. Trust me, I don't forget a thing. So good, <laughs> good. When you're crying while this guy is watching games from home next year, bring me a cup so I could drink them tears, okay? Because I don't forget nothing. Cry more. Now again, I'm not happy that the guy is injury prone because you don't ever want to see somebody get hurt because yes. you know. I think it's messed up when people celebrate the injuries. Now, yeah, where I was making the jokes is just because how cocky Jets fans get when they got a glimmer of – because, see, because the problem with the Jets is – or, no, let me say this. The problem with Jets fans are you guys don't really see that much good talent come through your organization. So when a player does do well or does exceed expectations, you guys make out like they're the best player and that they're dominant or that they're really that good at their position. Where it's like, no, he had a good run of games. But let's not over-exaggerate here. So, you know, I understand it. You know, the Jets are a poverty franchise, and you guys just have to get used to having here good go. players there. Here we go. Here we go. What Seriously? do you mean, here we go? Stop Stop doing this. Stop Stop doing this. Why do you have to mention that we are a poverty franchise? Why? Why? Hold on, wait. Why'd you, wait. Why'd you just put quotation marks around poverty <laughs> franchise? You guys are a poverty franchise. Yo, why would quotation marks for that? Because it's not true. Who do you think that you guys are? <sighs> Yo, this guy is a Jets fan, but I think that he thinks that he supports the Patriots. You guys 
are a poverty franchise. Oh man. Say it with me. No. We are a poverty franchise. It hurts me so much. It hurts me. This guy is injured again. Back-to-back seasons of injuries. It hurts me so much. Oh, my goodness. But these guys are poverty. I just don't believe it. Hey, it don't matter. We'll, we'll still be fine next year. Do you we know what Jets fans are like? Jets fans, off his line. Jets fans, they're like that homeless guy that asks you for money. Here we go. And you give him $2. Here we go. And he's like, that's it? Motherfucker, you ain't have nothing. Give me that shit back. Please Y'all stop suck. It. Y'all stop it. suck. Please Jets stop are it. in. Look at him. Look at him. He's turning this argument into he, he's talking about Makai Becton and the Jets being sucking together. Look at it. That's terrible. You can't do that. Because you guys suck. Terrible. Look, man. Terrible. Your best Makai lineman. Injury, we suck. Look, wow. your best lineman. Wow. Your best line. Wait. So it's not your 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 best lineman? No, because he hasn't been on the field yet. So yeah, and your lines sucked. Mm, it's been much better now. He's not our best lineman right now. So who is it? Probably Lakin Tomlinson. All Mid. pro guard. Mid. You know what I'm saying? All Mid. pro guard from the San Francisco 49ers coming to the New York Big Apple boy. You know, he's the best lineman. Mid. Mid. All pros, mid? Mid. He's mid. Whoa. Okay. Coming from a Giants fan who has one good starter, one good starter on the team. That's one it. good starter. Who's on the that? Offensive line. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh. No. Wait. Who's that? Who's that? Who's that? Andrew Thomas. That's it. Are you dumb? Evan Neal hasn't played yet. <laughs> okay. Evan Neal would walk into your starting. Evan Neal has not played yet. Okay. Evan Neal would start for the Jets. He has not played yet. So miss me with that. Yes or miss no? Would Evan Neal not start for the Jets? Yes or no? Debatable. It's debatable. I mean, he has some bro, talent. He has some nice talent. But it's you can't even compare our two teams. We are better than you guys. You want to do yeah, this bet again? Bro, oh my God. You want to do this bet again? Where does, where do, okay, where does a Jets fan get off on speaking about the mighty New York Giants. <laughs> like, with, like, where, what the like, heck? Where does a Jets fan find mighty? actual audacity to mighty? talk about the New York Giants? Mighty, bro. Mighty, come on now. Stop it. Please. Please stop. Bro, mighty is a stress. Yes. A big compared stretch. to the, compared to y'all, we are mighty. Whoa. Whoa. The Giants, the Giants and Jets, the organizations are so far apart, it's not even close. Come on now. Stop it. Stop it. Look, just admit it. You made the wrong choice by picking the Jets only because your brother likes the Patriots. Come on. Be no, real. Just, I will not bro, admit it. You know it's true. I will not admit it. Because if your brother does not, not like the Patriots, there is no way on God's green earth you would have still picked the Jets. Come on I, I will not admit it. I will not admit it. But, yeah, I will not admit it. Forget right. it, forget it, forget it. Right. Yo, anyways, guys, we are five minutes over OT. Let's go, man. And this episode is brought to you by Poland Spring. Let me take a sip for Poland Spring. That was good. That was good. Why, why are you laughing for? Relax. Why are you laughing for? Why are you having anyways. to exhale like that, bro? It was pretty good. It was a pretty good sip. You know, but five minutes uh, in OT. Five minutes <sighs> in OT. That's pretty good. Refreshing. 
All of right. course, of course. You know, we gotta get the the last minute uh, electrolytes. You know, for the the final thirds and everything. But anyways, so let me ask you a question, right? The Lakers expect to run the offense through Anthony Davis this season. Now, will that change? Will Darvin Ham's change equate to more wins for them this year and a contending spot in the Western Conference? Or will it be like a sense of they change the offense, it looks better, but it won't really take them anywhere? Well, of course, it will lead to more success running the offense through Anthony Davis. I honestly think it matters who they run the offense through. I do expect the Lakers to have a better record than they did last year. I think that Braun will be healthier. I think Anthony Davis will be healthier, which might be a stretch. But this is obviously no shit you're going to run the offense through Anthony Davis. Who else do you have to run it through? Not Russell Westbrook. He's trash. And not LeBron James, who's aging and is taking a step back to preserve himself. So, of course, Anthony Davis is the only player that you can run your offense through at the current moment. Now, unless they make a trade that we don't know about, Kyrie Irving possibly, there's no way that over just run through anybody else with Anthony Davis. And Russell Westbrook shouldn't even be starting. So he shouldn't even be an option about running your team through because he's not good. He's falling off. He's mid. He's a stat chaser who needs to be. <laughs> Stay on Anthony Davis. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. All right, you're right. You're right. Sorry. Sorry. Anyway, yes. He just went crazy. Running your offense, yes, running your offense through Anthony Davis is the obvious move. If this is what coaches get paid millions of dollars to do, is make a decision like that, then I need to get into coaching. Because no really? shit. Who really? else was doing the offense through uh, him? Who else? <laughs> Lonnie Walker. Lonnie Walker the fourth. Stop. I it. do like Lonnie Walker, though. Yes, I do like him. He's solid. He's solid. I think that was a good pickup for them. Me I'm too. Me too. But, uh, like, again, like, like, it's like, look, people like to praise these head coaches, right? Yeah, I'm but listening. that's like me asking you two plus two. Yes, it equals four. Yes, you have to run your offense through AD if he's healthy. Come on. Is like, like, is this what we're praising coaches for doing or for coming out and saying? That's what I thought already. Really? I didn't do it to anybody else. Really? Yes, you because again, Braun is aging. He's a facilitator. So technically, you do run your offense through Braun because he facilitates. But in terms of usage, Anthony Davis, when healthy, has to be the highest player there that has the highest usage. Come on. Yeah. Very true. Very true. You know what, what I expect to happen is obviously we bring the ball up the court, whether that be Russell Westbrook or LeBron James. You get Anthony Davis the ball in the post, right? Find a way to get a mismatch, maybe through the, the pick and roll. The switching, find a way to exploit that, and then on top Why of is that, Westbrook starting? Say it again. Why is Westbrook starting? Well, I mean, who else will, will they start? They they had a conversation before to run. It does back. it matter? Does it matter? It kind of does. Does it matter? It doesn't. It, no, it, it kind of does. It kind of. It does not. Braun and does. Westbrook cannot play together. No, it's not good. It's not good. It looks bad. It looks okay. very bad. No, but, but it does not matter who the. It does not matter who the Los Angeles Lakers start at point guard. It should not be Westbrook. Okay, Westbrook should have been cut. Pay him cut. up. Pay out his contract. Pay out his contract. Buyout. Whatever. Too much money. Too much money. Bro, the the Rockets just bought out John Wall, who's making like forty eight million a season. Yeah, but the Lakers don't have the luxury to do that. Bro, they do. They do. What? They do. But no, buy out Westbrook. Buy what are you out talking about? Stop making it about Westbrook. It's not about Westbrook right now. It is about Westbrook. Okay. 
Why because, so? Also, because two seasons ago they traded for the wrong player. I told you two years ago it was not going to. I called it to a D. You remember that? <laughs> I told you. I said it's not going to work. This is a bad move. <laughs> they should have traded for Bradley Beal for Buddy Hield. Even yo, Buddy Hield, who's nowhere near had the career like a Westbrook. Now both are losers, by the way, because both haven't won shit. But Bradley Beal would have been. I mean, no, not Bradley Bill. Buddy Hill would have been such, like, okay. I don't, you know what, maybe I should relax. No, never mind. Let me relax. Let me relax. Oh, my gosh. You want to stop mid-sentence? Really? Okay, fine. Buddy Hill would have been a much better player on this Lakers team than what Westbrook has done because of the system. The only teams that Westbrook should be going to is where he can be the main ball handler and the main guy. And guess what? Any team that needs Westbrook to be starting is not a team that's a serious contender because Russell Westbrook is not a winner. Russell Westbrook is good for what he is. He's electrifying. He's exciting to watch it like in person. And he's going to stat pad. He's going to pad his stat. He needs to go to a team that sucks and that there's no pressure on him to win because with Russell Westbrook being even your third option, it's not going to happen. Russell Westbrook, as long as he is an NBA starter, will never win an NBA championship. I will put money on it. Now, maybe if he joins a team that's already good and comes off the bench, that's different. But as a starter, Russell Westbrook will never win an NBA championship. And that's not me saying that Russell Westbrook's a bad guy. I don't hate Westbrook. I'm not a fan of him, but I don't hate the guy. He's probably a great guy outside of basketball, right? But to me, his style of play is not winning basketball. And that makes him a loser. Not because he can't win, but because he has not won yet. Now, if Westbrook Westbrook wins a championship before he retires, he's now a winner. And, yes, he's a winner in life because he's getting, like, all that money. But he's a loser in the basketball sense because you have not won a championship, and I don't think that he will win a championship. So, to me, Westbrook should be bought out, and they should just go get a – and they should go get somebody that, that can just space the floor. Just a three-point shooter, and you start him. Let Braun start that point guard and just space the floor out. Westbrook is not it. No, not for this Lakers team. I don't know how this guy found a way to make it about Westbrook, but it's all it about Westbrook. Oh gosh, it is what it is. Anyway, going off to what I what I foresee happening with this new offense that will be run through Anthony Davis. What I want to see is get the ball in the post to him. We have our place our floor spacers. They don't really have too much of great floor spacing anyway at this point. Still, it's not really a target that they had in the free agency period this offseason, but still it is a bit better with Lonnie Walker on the team. Still have Wayne Ellington. So it could be better. But either way, though, let's see how it works out. I don't think they'll be great next year once again, but they will be better, like you just said, because you can't go anywhere up, anywhere else but up, at least from what we saw last year. And I do think, by the way, that Russell Westbrook will play much better than he did last year, which is still can't go anywhere else but up. But, 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 listen out here, the offense will look much more cohesive and it's not a. It's gonna be a big difference. Now I'm not talking about like they're, they're gonna be incrementally better. It's gonna be a big difference where they're gonna have chances to win a lot more games. They still won't be a contender in my opinion, but they're gonna be uh, uh, at least a a contender for a seed in the Western Conference. Though. That's All right. Let me let me let me grab my mic to help you out here, brother. Repeat after me. Russell Westbrook should not be starting for your team if you want to win a championship. He is not a starting caliber player on a championship level team. Now, if you're into just stats, if you're into highlight plays, then Westbrook is your guy. 
if you're into wanting your team to win a championship, Westbrook is not your guy. Obviously, Westbrook will be better than he was last year because he sucked that much last year that it'd be hard for him to suck more. Obviously, if Westbrook is better than he was last year, then obviously the offense will look much more cohesive, as you said. Duh. That'd Big difference. Obviously. It's going to be a bigger difference. Well, if he as plays in- better, which he has to, because it's going to be pretty hard to not be better than what you were last year, and of course there will be a bigger difference. Duh. Yes, yeah. Edwin, you also need air to stay alive. Since we're saying the wow. obvious stuff here. We're talking yes. about Russell Westbrook playing at a one last year to playing like, like a six next year. That's what I'm calling. A six? Yeah. On, on a scale of what, 10? Yeah. Nah, look, man. Let me tell you something right now. As I said, as long as Westbrook is in L.A. starting games, they will not win another chip. Oh, I mean, I, I can agree with you on that, but we'll see what happens next season, though. We'll see what happens. Either I way, though. Why the Lakers wanted to ship him for Kyrie Irving, and of the Nets said, and the Nets said they'd rather lose Kyrie Irving for free than get back to Westbrook. Think about that. Think about that. They don't want you that bad that they'd rather get back nothing for a star player that might leave next season. And guess what? I agree with them. I don't want to see Westbrook in Brooklyn unless the Lakers are visiting us to play at the Barclays. I don't want to see this guy here. Oh so, no. Send Westbrook. What's a team that sucks? Send Westbrook to the Rockets and let him go crazy there. with his Back to the Rockets? Rockets? Yeah. No, I'm saying. Okay. That's, like, that's the level of team like the Rockets. Magic. Okay. Teams that don't have any expectations of winning right now, but they do want to sell a few tickets and, you know, they want to get some highlight plays in there. Then, yes, you go there to Westbrook. But if you want to win games and win a championship, you cannot have Westbrook start for your team. I don't care. No. All right. All right. Whatever. Whatever. We'll see what happens. Like I said, once again, only time will tell. Only time will tell. But, guys, 16 minutes in the OT. We did just that. And, you know, Game Breaker is coming with you with the live stuff and the great action and, obviously, the breakdown of everything. My guy, Will, came out to play. Man, this guy hates Westbrook a lot. I'm not sure what it is. I don't hate the guy. (laughs) I don't think that it's fair to say. Wait, but just wait. Just because you critique a player does not mean that. (laughs) I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. Come on. Don't be trying to put that there. I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. My gosh. But I tell you what, if we ever do blow up, and if Westbrook hears this, he probably won't like me. But that doesn't mean that I wouldn't like him. I'm just not a fan of him as a player. But I'm pretty sure that he's a great guy. I'm pretty sure that he does like a lot of charity. I'm pretty sure that he gives back and stuff. There's nothing against the guy. Just yeah. not my cup of tea. Yeah, it is what it is, man. Yo, stay tuned for some more episodes. And once again, football is back. Preseason is back this week. Yes, sir. We get to see the Giants and the Patriots play on Thursday night. Word. Wait, bro, wait. Before we end this. What? Deshaun Watson starting on Friday. I know. <laughs> How did we Can't talk we about see that? that How did we talk about that? No, I mean, like, it's not a big deal. I, I think it's a big deal. That is a big deal. It's preseason, bro. It's preseason. But it's a big deal because with all the stuff that's going on with Watson, and then we haven't seen this guy play in damn near two blah, years. Blah, blah. No, we'll talk about it on Friday. Exactly. Yeah, but, but the news broke like- today. Yeah, but okay, but that was after you made the, the, the thumbnails and everything. Hey, listen, it's fine. The thumbnail's not made. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about it on Friday. That's that's the that's the best thing about it. We'll save the pie, the cake, the sweets. This guy Edwin not trying to give you guys all the goods. I'm how? To you, 
I gave you guys, yo, we talked about seven. We are 17 minutes into OT. That's a lot. That's that's, that's average no, now. <laughs> Anyways, guys, guys, yo, support our, uh the franchise and the mendem over here. Support everybody here at MBS. And also, by the way, follow us on, on TikTok and on Twitter and on IG. And we'll be back and we are out.